Hey everybody, where to next with Casey Curry, episode 15, talking about King of the Hammers 2020. I'm here with Aaron and with Kyle, and we are going to bring some guests on. Thank you guys for coming and hanging out today. What's happening? No problem. What's going on? Oh, just uh, enjoying the chaos of coronavirus and uh, man, just getting through these crazy times. But, uh, you know, we wanted to bring it back to King of the Hammers. Uh, you know, it's a rough racing week for myself uh but at the same time it was actually pretty epic um i really really enjoy that week uh the friends the family the fans uh the sponsors the partners uh all the involvement that goes into that event we have a total blast uh with it and it you know for myself it's it's one of the most fun events that i have throughout the year so i totally enjoy it and i i think to get this podcast started um to give dave cole a call and to uh, chat more about just King of the Hammers in general before we get into my race week and, and how it went. So let me give uh, Dave a call. Hey, man. Hey, Dave. How are you? Fantastic. Good to hear your voice. Oh, dude, yours as well. You're here with uh, myself, Aaron Casada, and uh, Kyle, my media man. It's going down, Dave. Aaron Casada, the man with the plan. <laughs> Party guy. We uh, we're just sitting here. We wanted to do a little podcast about King of the Hammers. We just basically got online, and uh, you know, we we it's for me, it's my favorite week of the year. I absolutely love everything with the Hammers, and I wanted to give the listeners a little bit of more. Uh, we can talk about my race week later with myself, but with Dave Cole, I wanted to talk about the event as a whole. Like, how does that event go for you? How is it going? Is it growing? The live stream, everything you got going on. I just want a debrief of King of the Hammers 2020. Okay. Um, are we live right now? You we, want to get going? We are live. Fantastic. Well, um, yeah, I don't know where to start, but, I mean, I think it was the most successful year. Um, I mean, it's really easy to kind of start right off the top. I, I think the biggest change the biggest change this year was adding the music, and you got Aaron on the phone right now, and he was right in the center of all that. Um, the way we could have pulled it off without – him and his team and everybody that came out, they brought out I mean, like studs and it was I don't know how many Aaron, how many people were putting the music on? Like sixty people there? There was there was a lot. The whole production crew was it, it was proper. It was it was huge. It was well done. So uh, that that just changed I think the tenor of the event. But in, in general, I mean, you know, we we keep trying to kind of smooth out the edges and try to make it better. The live show, I think we finally gelled on that. Um and just we also got some lucky breaks, you know. We've we worked hard to get more feeds out there, and then you know you get you get uh the, the was it Kyle Cheney right that, that rolled over on the with the UTV. Oh, that's you, right. you get that live. You get that live. You get um you know I think we, every leader that took the lead in the main race in King of the Hammers, every single person that got in the lead broke, <laughs> and we got we got most of them live breaking like they broke in front of the camera. So I mean it was pretty crazy. Um, Good course. I just had my actually. It's kind of ironic we're doing this. I just had my debrief yesterday with BLM. We we had one DUI. I mean, wow. That's pretty. That's, that's awesome. pretty cool. That is awesome. So, um, yeah. Just in general, I mean, I don't know where you where you want to go with that. Well, but let's, I'm, let's set the stage real quick. Like you know, for people that have never been out the hammers or have heard of it but never maybe have watched the podcast. Let's let's back up a hair. Like it's, it takes place in Johnson Valley. It's a dry lake bed. There's no infrastructure out there. Like so, Dave, how long does it take you prior to? Obviously, there's um, 
all the legwork that goes into it, dealing with the BLM and pulling the permits and all the vendors sure. and stuff. But how long does it really take you to we're, to put this? We're on? boots on the we're boots on the ground on January tenth for a January. Well, theoretically, the gates open on the twenty fourth, but we don't go live till around the thirty first. So it's twenty one days, three weeks solid of, and it's hardly me. I mean, it's. We had, realistically, it starts out with a staff of about, we have, I have 12 core staff, year-round staff, and that those guys are there, guys and girls are there, and that's quickly augmented with about another 15 people. And that, that 25 to 30 number is there for the three weeks. And we just crank away on it. We, we try to work you know reasonable hours, get up in the morning, we have breakfast together around 7.30, and we're, we're done at 5 o'clock, and we try to get a good night's sleep. We, we might have some some cocktails or some shenanigans in the <laughs> evening, just try to, to blow the steam off. But I mean, you're in the desert and you're with friends. So I kind of got to do that, but we try to keep an even pace and we've got a pretty good program going now as far as getting it done. Yeah. I would say for the people not listening, it, it literally is a town with fencing, uh, street yep. signs, starts, hospitality, yeah, everything. It, start, it starts off with the survey and people don't realize we actually survey it. So it's surveyed out. Well, now, now we use GPS. We used to use like the rod and the, the prism and everything. But we <laughs> we we, uh, we survey it out, and that way, the, and then the fence goes up, and then our and our staff our staff compound goes together pretty quick. Then we start putting in the electric system because you know, I mean the whole thing's wired. I mean, I don't even remember how many watts of power you guys were pulling for the concert stage, but we basically tripled that for the rest of Hammertown. Um, and we, we keep fleshing out what Hammertown is. You know, put the street signs up, start welcoming racers. And even with the and power, then, right? Like you guys actually trench and lay the power into the ground so people aren't stepping and tripping over it, right? Yep, yep. It's There's power that, that branches all over. Everything that's basically inside Vendor Row is powered. So, crazy. And then, um, and then uh, you know, while all that's going on and we're fixing up like town ready to go next week we called everybody in town's called a fob it so that's kind of a steal from our the military guys a fob is a forward operating base and we treat Hammertown as a forward operating base and everybody that stays inside the fence lines a fob it and then outside the fence line you got jt and everybody marking course and they're out there and people don't realize we usually end up marking course twice because we mark it and then invariably the next day at 70 mile an hour wins we have to go back <laughs> up and mark the course again. Uh, always happens so, um, but, uh, yeah, it, uh, get a course ready, get a town ready, get the front gate ready now and, and, uh, just kind of go open for business. And I, I will say yeah. for your live stream, uh, I like, I only went 20 miles cause that's just how I like to roll. But, uh, your live stream, I watched, <laughs> swear and tear of the car. Dude, I swear the, I did watch your, uh, live stream when I was leaving. I was so mad. I didn't even go back to my uh, pit. I, I literally got in my motorhome and just left. But I watched the whole race all the way home, and all those lead changes, like you're saying, they literally were live on TV. When uh, uh, Bailey Campbell broke whatever she broke, you you're she watching. A, she lost her. a water wa lost a water pump. And you you're watching the whole thing, going like, "What is?" It? And for myself as Curry Enterprise, I'm going like, "Oh, they're under the rear of the car." I'm like, "Tell me it's not a third member." But it was crazy. And then when. Uh, uh, Cameron Steele got in the lead and then his front front end broke. And then you're watching for us, you're on helicopter. I could see his winch line that he added to the back of his spare tire. It was dangling out the back and you could see it. It's like if somebody in his pit could get on the radio, it's going to wrap around one of those rear axles because it's IRS. And sure enough, when he got into uh, chocolate or uh, aftershock uh, on the, on the last lap, he made him go through that waterfall. He, they had yep. to go out there and cut that out of the rear axle. And you're like, dude, I, I saw it 
30 minutes beforehand and they had no idea. Yep. So pr- yep. pretty yeah. unbelievable job. I'd say major props to you guys, Dave, and the whole production staff. Absolutely. It's, it's probably one of the best uh, online streaming for oh. any off-road race that we've seen. So the, the cool thing about that is that that has been literally a decade in the making as we've, because when we started, we couldn't afford TV time. So we just started covering exactly on pirate four by four days. We just put it on pirate and we, that's how we got our name out there. And then, you know, come around full circle. And now all of a sudden we're paying more for internet than we were for TV. <laughs> we are for TV, but, um, but the, the whole, that we set up the whole, that's, that, that's another part of the setup, right? We go out and set up all the microwave hops because there's, you know, 10 camera locations around, around the lake bed, around the desert. And they all have a microwave um, hop that goes to them so that we get that signal back that way. Cause you can't use cell service. It doesn't work. Yeah. The only thing we use cell, cell now is like a really crazy cool router that has every cell provider in a, in a bundle. And then we use that from the helicopter. That's how we get live from the helicopter now. That's awesome. But, but it's pretty cool stuff. My my somebody was telling me that your background is actually is that is your background into that kind of stuff? Um, well it's kind of weird. I, I worked for GE and GM back in the day, business stuff. So I did a lot of operations and business management. And then when I started I tried to start my own business and didn't it didn't work out. So I took a job with the railroad, just literally digging ditches and doing microwave towers because climbing towers and stuff, believe it or not, I climb towers. <laughs> and uh you have to pay the bills, and that was exactly when King of the Hammers was starting. I was working for the railroad, probably making thirty grand a year, twenty-five grand a year, somewhere in there, not good wages. So now it was paying the paying the bills and you know, that, kept my family afloat. So that's rad. That is that's cool. That that's where you came from. So yeah, but, but that was yeah. So that was how I learned microwave, and that's when we started doing the doing the doing the live show stuff. It's like oh, we we have to get that signal from here to there. How are we going to do it? Well, we're using microwave. It's just it's simple. Yeah. Then I had to do it. So we set up the first dishes and. It worked out. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. No, your the live stream is untouchable. So I uh, massive kudos on that for all of and for myself who races UTV and attempted trophy truck and then you know the ultra four race, uh, dude, it was awesome. Everybody saw everything. So now I, I love it. So now I want to talk about the course. You don't do any. You never let it leak. Somehow it never gets out. No one knows where they're going. You make a ton of stress for everybody because they have no idea the race course, which is perfect because I agree that it's the best thing for the race. But how do you do it? Your whole goal, I mean, for the hammers is that we really have no idea what we're doing until we show up on the lake bed. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean it, that was from back in the day because we had people come from all over the country, all over the world. And, you know, back in the day, it's you, Casey Curry, it's Mitch Guthrie, it's Randy Slauson. The guys that are relatively local, that if I release the course in December, you guys will be out there literally touching every rock 20 times, know exactly a line, know the backup line, know everything. Yeah. And the guy comes from Indiana, and no chance. I mean, does Josh Weiler, Eric Miller have a chance to go really? I mean, they're, they're phenomenal drivers and incredible cars, but I agree is, it a fair ra- is, it a, is it a fair race for Eric Miller to race against Randy Slauson, who, who has... Yeah. run the course 30 times in a month yeah no no so, i agree dude i think you do a phenomenal job with it it's uh, the way you do it is i, I we love it's it's fun because you got that challenge of how you're going to do it and we're waiting for the dave cole surprise of what twist is going to happen this year <laughs> how did you like so this year we tried the new thing with having lap two and lap three be the same trail but with the option like you just talked about cameron have to drive to the the waterfall in lap three how did you like that 
Uh, I think I, mean, I, I, I guess think, you didn't make it to lap three, but I mean, how did you, how did you like the concept? I I honestly think the concept's great. I like that you add those little twists in there. I do agree that there are certain things that it, you're so concerned over bottlenecks, and that's my big concern is bottlenecks. But uh, you know, I I think the last lap thing it really helps because it, just like you did the flow in some of those areas, like you're right, the gnarly bottleneck on whatever spooners are out of limits. Like going around it on lap two made it where it made it more a better chance of good racing on lap three. Yep. So, no, I uh, like it. I'm, I think it worked. From our perspective, it worked out. I just, I mean, it's in the end, it's the drivers got to like it. So, yeah, no, it, it was awesome. Now, how do you do it, Dave? Like, when do you start deciding on what you want to do for race course and, and, you know, the trails you want to do and can't do and the desert loop, when what you can do and can't do? I mean, we're constantly kicking around different variations. I mean, it's crazy times. I mean, the reality is, I mean, are you doing this podcast if we're not in these times that we're in right now? Who knows? I mean, everybody's kind of doing different. I've been fortunate. I, I mean, I've I've got a, a place out there. So I've been at the Hammers, and I've been looking around now. So I, I found I've got a new spectator area. It's going to be awesome. It's just poking around. And, I mean, I've been wheeling at the Hammers since the late 90s. So to go out there and kind of look around for the, you know, different ways to to connect the trails new trails that haven't been run before i'm trying to be really uh i guess um conscious of the fact that i don't want to go race on the trails that that are just cut and new that are kind of like the hardcore for the hardcore guys yep because they because they get played out pretty bad yeah and and it's just i mean that's what there's some trails out there that are really cool and would be awesome to race on but they wouldn't be the same after we did so i just stay, i just stay away from them yeah but Oh, it's funny because this year, like Chocolate Thunder was like an emotional roller coaster. Pre-running, no problem. UTV race, you can't get up the top without a winch. The uh, yeah. forty-five hundred class, the the stock day or uh, mod day, they it was so easy you could almost do it in two-wheel drive. And then the Ultra Four race, it was almost impossible to get up and around. Dude, no, that's because your son that's Bailey a bunch of took the best out line. There. What's that? Your your son Bailey took the best line I've ever seen up it. Like. Didn't stop, not one bit, like, did this gnarly climb up, like, through the sand section and, like, just past all the rocks. And I was like, okay, that's how you do it. <laughs> yeah, that kid, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he had a great run, by the way. He did a fantastic job. Yeah, he's it's coming together for him. I'm really proud of him. I'm proud of, I mean, I'm proud of, I mean, you've been around the whole time. I'm proud of the, him going from the kid to, a, to the man that he's becoming, and that's cool to see it. And, He's uh, having fun racing too. So now, does he help work and... on the cars? Does he help his he, program? He's out? Not, I mean, we're fortunate to have some guys that, that do a lot of the wrenching. I mean, he gets in there. He's learned how to weld a little bit, but we've. I mean, and he and he can wrench on it, but that's not his thing. He is though running his own business. So, kind of a kind of a pull a page out of your book, Casey. He's responsible for running his own business. Smart man. He's awesome. responsible for going and getting the sponsors. He understands his budgets. He understands what he can and can't race and. So he's pretty quickly getting to the point that he's not not no longer being subsidized by dad, which is pretty cool because no. I want to go racing myself. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. Boy, don't we all? Uh, we're all now we're all itching. I was ready. My next race, the the first year, like for me, I was super excited to go race San Felipe in, in, for Ultra Four. Like that literally was my ne my first year. Went to all my sponsors. I'm going to Ultra Four with San Felipe. We're gonna go down there in a big way. We're bringing everything down. Jeep, UTVs, the race car, and for coronavirus to hit, man, it was. It was I mean, for sure, devastating for myself. Obviously, you, it's, I mean, devastating. I love what you've done, though, by the way, for the October to go down there and actually break some trail. 
learn how to you know open yeah, the area it, up a little bit fantastic idea it'll be november it'll be the week after the thousand um hopefully you can make it down there because that's there'll be a, a pretty big social opportunity there and i know that's uh yeah right up your alley so. uh, yeah we'll we'll be there for sure the, I, I that love that i love that whole event idea so but yeah i mean dude dave we definitely appreciate you on the whole event as a whole it it for me it's the best week ever because you know you're camping so at nighttime you know, like the Baja 1000 or the Mint, right at night, every sponsor that you bring, every crew guy that you bring, they all have to go back to their hotels at some point. Here, you're all stuck with each other, right? Like for myself, like, you, I mean, you came by our camp one night, we pit with the, or we don't pit, but we camp with like the Menzies and then you got the McMillans and everyone's just drinking beers, enjoying the nights all together. There is no separation. And that's like, to me, the best part of the whole week is that we get to actually hang out with all these sponsors and other racers that 99% of the year, we all are on the same path of this is a job we're racing and we're going to go do our deal here. It's like, no, you're forcing us to all be together and actually hang out and enjoy it. Yeah. I hear, I hear you guys have a pretty killer pig roast. Is that true? Uh, I did. I did a 200 pound pig, uh, on <laughs> Thursday night or Wednesday night. Well I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to make sure I get away for that one next year. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll do it again for sure. We uh, w I did dueling pianos one night in my pit. I, dude, the way you laid out is fantastic. For myself, I utilize my pit uh, as a, you know a place for myself, for my racing team, and for my partners to enjoy my race team. Just like every other event doesn't allow, uh, I capitalize on the fact that you allow us to actually have a pit that sponsors can come and enjoy the race cars and see the race cars, see the mechanics working on the race cars and, you know, have a drink, have food and literally be a, what a minute and a half walk to the jumbotron to your, you know, the, the swag trailer, uh, and vendor row. So, I mean, for me, it's a fantastic week for all my partners to come out and actually enjoy, uh, not so much business, but man, we all know that most of the people in the industry, they want to be a part of it, drive Can-Ams, go rip Jeeps, and enjoy it. Every single person in our industry is striving very hard to never have a real job. <laughs> so this, this is, this is uh, it's cool, um, and I'm glad you, you have capitalized on it more than most and um, and figured out all the different ways to leverage it and make it make it work for you, for your partners, for your fans, and it's pretty cool to see. It's, it's also cool to see some of the other drivers basically pick up your cue and become better at it because – they're seeing they're they're seeing the, the the path that you're leading. It's pretty cool. Oh, thanks, man. But well, yeah. even so, 2021, you know, hopefully all goes well and this uh, coronavirus stuff all gets sorted out and we're going to be able to put on events and stuff. But um, you know, what would you say? What are you looking forward to next year? Like how how does the event continue to grow? I, I mean, I think you pretty much have a race or qualifying like every day for ten days straight. So, I mean, yeah, we're. I think we actually reached the point of oversaturation this year as far as time. It was just too much. And we had, and it's not a knock, but we had, you know, we had the, the, um, the hoopty cross stuff. We had the jump champ stuff. We had, it was just like every second there was something going on. And I'd like to probably just dial back a little bit and just refine and make sure everything we're doing is like really on point. There was a couple of, we dropped the ball a couple of times this year and it, most, most people didn't realize it. Don't notice it. That's cool. But at the, it makes it hard on the staff. It stretches them pretty thin, and and uh, if we can just kind of dial in and make the really polish up what we're doing, I'm 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 thankful motors came, but we got motors back this year. I think we can still figure out a way to do that, but um, just kind of dial it in and just hone our craft the same way you guys do racing, right? You go out racing and 
that worked, that didn't work. Okay, let's let's do this a little differently next time, and we approach it the same way. We're just trying to make the best thing we can. Yeah, no. Well, as a racer, and, and, I, I didn't see the flaws, so you did a good job on that front. And, and the big part of it is, it's not blowing smoke. The big part of it is you guys and all the racers basically stepping up your game too, right? The, the, the sponsors are picking up their game, you know? Yep. And Monster, you know, Monster's been out with us for, well, it's, I don't know, Aaron, how long it's been, but I think it's been at least six years you guys have been with us now. Something like that, And yeah. going from just, hey, so we brought out some some cans of Monster to, hey, now we are completely integrated to this. It, it's a, and, and it's not just you guys. There, there's, you know, Optimus step up the game. Nitto steps up the game. Uh, Ford, huge. Can-Am, huge. All the, having all the OEMs out there with the UTVs just doing arrive and drives. Oh, yeah, that's it's killer, a, by the way. It's pretty cool, so... Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I think I think we we're, we had some pretty cool ideas on how to get the drivers more engaged into the media, um, and I think that's where we start focusing on is how we present this content year round. I think that is the bigger deal. The reality is we do really good for a week, and then we have some cool races for a year, and then we come back to a really big event again. So I think we actually have an opportunity outside of just Johnson Valley to, you know, basically polish up our game and make make better events year round. So that's that's our focus right now. That's awesome. What did you estimate? How many people came out this year? Realistically, sixty. Um, I think we accounted for about thirty-four through the gate between everything: media sponsors, drivers, spectators. I think we had thirty-four thousand wristbands accounted for. Wow. And you basically double that because people just drive around, which is what happens. It's cool. Man, but, I thought it was awesome. That's always like one of my uh, favorite trips of the year is Hammers. Agree. I literally right spent 17 days in the <laughs> desert to come home to spend 11 more. And I was the whole time we were at the hammers. All we talked about was, or excuse me, the whole time I was in the car every night, our stress relief was talking hammers. So it was good. So that's funny. Cause that's funny. Cause we were at the hammers watching you race the car. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so well, Dave, I dude, I appreciate the time. Thank you so much. So right on. good thing you got a good, good thing going here and you guys have a good day and uh, we'll, we'll chat soon. Cool stuff. Thank you. If you Cheers. need anything, please let me know, Dave. Yes, sir. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. All right. Well, Dave does a killer job, man. I, I give it up to him. His whole that whole event to me is my it's dude. It's my favorite event of the year. Like from putting on events and knowing what goes into it. That would stress me out so bad. Like, <laughs> well, the, and Dave does a killer job. The he, crazy he thing does. that you got to look at, like over the years. We've seen some of the craziest rainstorms we've ever been a part of, like driving our motorhomes down that dirt road, super muddy, swampy, semis getting stuck, motorhomes getting stuck, can't even drive any cars on the lake bed because so wet. And then somehow every year, like we end up racing and like every year the stress is unreal. Like sometimes 230 mile an hour winds blowing through the ripping snowstorms. So snowed last, uh, last year it's snowed on us. I mean, to put all that, like, it's not paved. There's no drains. It's it's you got to live through it. So, yeah. I love that portion of it. And you can always count on some sort of weather, whether it's uh, wind or rain oh, or absolutely. I mean, the dust is gnarly out there, and they they do a phenomenal job keeping that event like on schedule and going. And it's pretty crazy. I agree. Well, we we can get into basically. Well, let's okay. jump in there. You kind of mentioned it. So we spent the you know the first three weeks of uh, January in Saudi Arabia and Dakar, like what's going through your head? Cause you flew back. You didn't even have like a day or two yeah, home. Like, yeah. I think it was three days. And total. then you turned around and went straight back out to the desert. For uh, Randall, so. Very blessed that my guys took care. You know, we, before we left in December had a, the big plan of what we were going to do 
what we're going to race, how we're going to attack everything. Uh, the goal was to make this a more fun year. So we were going to race UTV in the beginning, race the Ultra 4 on Friday, done, and in between, go drive Can-Ams, drive Jeeps, and just kind of enjoy our time. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, the week started out epic. Like, man, we showed up to the Hammers, and it was all about pre-running in Can-Ams, and we just went out and had an absolute blast, like ripping the Can-Ams. Dude, I think we drove the whole race course uh, in Can-Ams, and uh, – we were just having a good time. Me, my brother, uh, we actually went out with Bryce Menzies uh, for two days. Uh, like, and I, that's the best part. You get the course notes and you just go and drive. And the Can-Ams are so capable. Like you could drive the entire course, like in stock Can-Ams. Like they got lockers, they got winches, they got all the UHMW protective on the bottom, like everything about it. Dude, arrive and drive and go and have a blast. So those days were fun. Uh, then we got into qual. Then it was straight uh, qualifying for UTV, and uh, it went okay for us. Um, I Where'd think, you qualify? I at? think it's like twenty twentieth or fifteenth or something. So it it was whatever. I don't remember. It was not great, but not terrible. I mean, it's, I mean, I think it was. On t- well, I think it was like twentieth row. Yeah, it was tenth row. So whatever. You look now, at that. from a strategy standpoint, for you, are you? I mean, do you want to qualify first and be out front the whole time, um, or do I, you want to? No, I, you just don't want dust. So the first lap, he always puts in the desert, which I agree, and always spreads it out. So when you get into the rocks, you're not so bunched up. Um, but I, I would say, I, like, for me, I like racing myself. I think I can set the pace wherever I'm at. Um, I just hate when you're in the dust, and you, get, you right, you got to push super hard to catch them. So now you're driving faster than them, and then you got to catch them, and then they ne- you know, they're obviously better than everybody, so they don't want to pull over for you. So then you got to either try not to nerf them or – or nerf him, which next year I'm putting a big bumper on my car because, dude, not, no one wanted to move this year. And then, uh, you know, so you, that, that all plays into it. So for myself, like, I'll tell you straight up, like, uh, Fox built me brand new shocks for my b- both my Can-Am and my brother's Can-Am. Uh, we went out testing, and the, the shocks are unbelievable. Um, we just did a bunch of spring rate changes over the winter time, and then uh, Mike Kim over there, dude, just did a phenomenal job on the tune. Very, very happy with the car, but... I was nervous that un- under braking that I was going to get the car too low and we were going to damage the front end of the car in qualifying. So I raised the cars like in two inches higher than I normally run it. And um, we went out and qualifying both my brother and I like watching video, uh, which sounds like we're doing way too much. But when I watched some video, the cars were basically too tall. So in the first turn, the cars were leaning, which means we're off the gas. Then we were going down the straightaways. The cars were too tall. So they're soaking the bumps okay, but basically they were topping out versus, you know, basically go using all the travel. They were just sitting there to top out. Then when you're climbing the hill, like now the car's so tall, it it was wanting it was wanting to dart back and forth because it wasn't in the middle of the travel. So I, you know, I think we lost a little there, um, but uh, whatever. So we we fixed that. We lowered it back down. So the next day was the race, and uh, we lowered the cars back down, got them to where they were, and. Um, Man, I, I felt good. Like, I felt in the car, like, when we started that race day, it, we set a good pace. And, uh, you know, we, we in the UTV race, to make it more enjoyable, um, I don't try to get too gnarly with notes or anything. Like, it's not like I'm racing the, the trophy Jeep. So we try to have more fun with it. We got the course. Just, dude, we just go out there and drive. Like, what we can see is what we're going to drive. We're n- you're never going to drive a Can-Am stop so quick that I feel like I'm never going to be in a situation where I'm going to go blow the thing off a, a corner and – crash so we went out and i mean i think we drove from 20th we were in the top 
10 by the end of the first lap. And um, from there, like, uh, I think we were getting the top five area. And then I, I got into the rocks. And uh, on, we had no issue. Oh, I got one flat tire, totally my fault. Sand wash right before Aftershock. Just smoked a massive rock, like, just pushing hard. We were having a good day. Helicopter was just over me three minutes before that, so I was ripping in the sand, sand wash. I got a problem, everybody. I don't, like, we could be very blunt. The, if the heli's on me, I'm going to drive it at 125% on the edge, but anything to make dirt flying and make it look real good for uh, for everybody. I really enjoy going fast and, like, hey, if there's a heli over me, screw it. I'll, I'll put the little extra in. Need a little extra attention, do you? Yeah. Well, I've dude, noticed that. I just that. love like, those times. We'll be in the car, whether it's Baja or whatever, and um, all of a sudden, like, dang, he's picking up the pace. Like, what the <laughs> heck? And then, yeah, sure enough, there's a heli uh, or a camera or someone pointing a camera at him. That's There's not, like, fast. for myself, I try to strategize. We don't ever really, like, because of the race we do and, like, where the position we are, like, I don't push it 100% the whole day. Just, it's just not my, my MO for what I do and the strategy I always play, but... That it is what it is. Well, yeah, sure. I go out there and push hard. That's that's my jam, dude. Freaking running it. But uh, so for the race, we uh, dude, I got one flat. Everything else was going good, and then I got myself into outer limits. And when I got into outer limits, there was a nar- there's a or excuse me, not outer limits. Uh, wrecking ball at wrecking ball at the top of wrecking ball. There's a waterfall and there's a go a bypass, and the bypass is getting super chewed up. Well, I was like super nervous about that waterfall and that the bypass i was like this is where we practice this is where we practice i'm gonna i lost sleep over tonight i dread certain i have certain things like i don't like sledgehammer uh shitty past experience with that and then i hate uh wreck i I just don't like the waterfall wrecking ball uh back door the drop always gets me every time uh but obviously race day like i'll do anything because helmet on drive like an idiot whatever people in my way drive over them even though it's not my mo. I don't like doing that. It's just, but I want to win at the same time. So, wrecking ball. I'm looking at the nard op, uh, the crazy obstacle, looking at it, and as I'm like a hundred feet from it, I hit a rock and flip my car over. And just put it on its side. I put it on its side, but I wedged it. When I hit, it flipped over, and the roll cage basically a rock went in the front cage, and we couldn't get it back over. It was stuck. So we. The safety crew was only two or 300 feet away, but they're on top of the waterfall. By the time they walked down, got down safely, got to us, trying to pick us up and over, they couldn't. car was wedged on a rock. Finally, like, dude, it was. It probably felt 20 minutes, but it was only probably four or five minutes. A car, uh, uh, another UTV came up behind us and, like, was nice enough to winch us over. And I was like, oh, man, thank you so much. So whatever, we be nice. They get the back over, and sure enough, they go and line themselves up. I'm like, oh, they're lining up wrong. For sure, they're going to roll this thing. Drives up the side of the waterfall, boom, rolls it over backwards, on, sideways. And you left them there, didn't nope. you? No. <laughs> uh, old Casey. And so I was like, all right, oh, bye. Oh, nope, yeah. oh, nope, nope. Thanks for the I, help. I, I don't do that anymore. Bye. I don't do that anymore. Uh, I stopped, and then we flipped him back over uh, very nicely, got him situated, got him back on the wheels, and then I went up at where I needed to go. I, he was just on the wrong line. And then uh, got up and around. But around that, we had uh, no issues. I, you know, we finished seventh. Um, I think we, once I got the flat, and then once I rolled over in outer limits, like that's kind of where the the mojo, like, dude, I was uh, probably twenty. By the time I flipped, and then he flipped, 
I was like, we probably lost 20 minutes right there. So at that point, I was like, there's no way we're going to win it. We still push hard. Like, in the desert section, I was pushing as hard as I could. At that point, like, at the last, like, 25, 30 miles, like, it was everything I had. I didn't – I wanted to see what the car could actually take, and, and we pushed hard. But, yeah, we finished seventh. I think we finished fifth, but I think one, two cars – caught up to me on time so i mean it was good we had a we had a what's good been day. your best result so far in the I've uh, second second so yeah i've never I'm, I oh have, in utv yeah in utv second or third i just saw the check and then i had a check from back in the day so i've only finished on the podium there once i have terrible luck every every year i go I, it's had your number the last couple for yeah. sure so then that's when it comes. So like, I'll, we'll, we'll here we'll give you the whole. I'm gonna give you guys the whole breakdown of, of Casey Curry and and uh, 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 King of the Hammer. So we get through UTV. I'm pumped. We had a good day, dude. The car's not totaled. That's a good day. That car was brand new. We bare framed it, sandblasted it. I took uh, Dustin Jones S3 Power Sports. Gave me like a frame stiffening kit. So we added that. Put some S3 arms on it. Uh, rather than that, we don't. T- change anything oh i put a uh fab works cage on it no uh stock seats some aftermarket seat belts and we don't even run a fuel cell in no it. no fuel cell we don't just uh, my thing is that everyone's like oh you should build a race car it's like man i love driving my can-ams throughout the year if i turn it into a race car for that one event i truly think a stock can-am can win the win the event you just gotta have a perfect day that's obviously hard to do but if you I truly think a stock can can win it. But uh, for me, I when we're done racing, like I already <clears throat> have gone out to the desert back in that car, put some new stickers on it, new door on it, and uh, fixed all the lights that I broke when it rolled it. I, uh, I had to put a new radiator in it because I was getting roosted when I was trying to pass people for a long period of time. I didn't let up, which smoked the radiator. But, um, yeah, I put a new radiator in it, and, uh, dude, the car is still perfect. Now we I have a great car to go drive the rest of the year. So, I, you know, it's pretty crazy that it drive, you know, race to Can-Am, finish on the top 10 out of 60, 100? I don't even know, 60 of them or 100 of them? Uh, I don't even know. It, it was the biggest class they had. So out of all that. And I thought to, it was like 120. And maybe it was over 100. Uh, for me, dude, that's still the Can-Am that I go out and enjoy in the desert. Like, uh, that's, I mean, literally, if somebody wanted to go rip the desert uh, when coronavirus is over, the car that I would go out and, drive would be what i race at the hammer so that, that's cool for me i like that and then uh so anyways once the cans were over we put those all on trailers and and took them home uh, i bring i bring out me i let myself uh i race my brother races and we we both have pre-runners uh that we bring out there to drive um and then so we brought all those home and then we qualified for the ultra four race and this is where my week took a turn for the worst uh uh for myself I had a plan. I knew what I wanted to do and how fast I wanted to drive. Um, that I put a little more thought into how where I want to go and you know, uh, push hard and uh, di- I nailed the beginning. I I did okay on the uphill. I think to me I think I ran too high tire pressure, but I also think that I didn't drive aggressive as I should have on the uphill. Uh, went down the backside, drove hard in the bumps, and right before the only rock obstacle, I was hauling butt. There was a turn. I apexed wide, and while I was on the brakes, I, uh, right at the bottom, or right at the base of the this little f- six-foot waterfall, smashed the brakes on, 
car bottomed out and I hit a rock right in between the arms on the uh, skid plate and it basically shot the car straight up in the air and when it when it shot it straight up in the air it landed it landed with the front tires basically on a, in a soft spot I gave it every single thing it had it would not climb it I ended up having to I almost rolled it, which I didn't know at the time. Yeah, didn't everybody really. watching was yeah. like, oh, no, he's going over. I didn't, that didn't bother me. <laughs> I threw it in reverse, backed back up, and then had to reset. So I, then I, I I was super disappointed in myself. I, I still ended up qualifying, like, 30th. Yeah, it I, wasn't bad. Yeah, but to me, it, I was very frustrated. That was that heart broke my heart. So, I, you know, and I push hard. So, anyways, we finished. Which it, you had a similar situation in qualifying the year before. No. Was that not the year that you yes. broke uh, the A-arm? Yes. It was last year? Going down the hill. No. No, last year I last year I qualified s- I don't even No, cuz I years you ripped I, the front corner. No, cuz I sold I already sold the green car. So I already had sold oh, that was yeah. 2 years ago. No, no, so you had a good qualifying last the year last year in 2019. Oh yeah, the, oh yeah, I qualified 6th and made it One I, mile. I went I went a half mile and the Yeah. Motec top of the line fuel sensor went bad and read no fuel pressure and I had no way of resetting it. But old, old. Now I have all Motec. That's problems fixed. But anyways, so I get through qualifying. I'm bummed. Whatever. Car is absolutely perfect. So at that at that time, uh, I say, you know what? I think we should race trophy truck. Uh, I think it's smart. I was like, they only have like 10 entries and whatever. Like, I just want to drive. I don't know. I don't think I can beat anybody. I'm not claiming that I'm faster than anybody. Uh, I just want to drive. It's, it's an extra 400 miles. Like I just finished the car, like felt that screw it, man. I, well, I, let's chat about that. Let's dig into that a little bit deeper. Cause you know, we actually have raced the trophy Jeep in the trophy truck class yep. at the Baja 500 yep. 2017 or something like that. Yeah. So for you, is it more so just, you're curious to see how that thing stacks up against a, a proper trophy uh, truck. Or? I honestly, for me, it's like, it's that testing and development. Like I feel that I, I love to go fast and I like to go figure out how to go faster. And like, if you race with guys that are faster than you, which they are I'm not tooting any horn here, that there's going to be something that I'm missing. Right. And okay. What is it? Is the, is the car too tall? Am I too low? Do I need more power? Do I need more wheel travel? Do I need to run lower air pressure? Like, but you're going to, if I go out there and just get my straight, get my ass kicked and go like, okay, why? Right. Turn the GoPros on, watch everybody else, put some timers out there and be like, why? You know, the only thing we can do is better ourselves for, if I'm going to go race ultra four anywhere, like it's going to make me better. That's truly, I, you know, people think, oh, we just do it for fun. We don't really care, but it's like, no, I like we, if we're going to go do it, I want to be the best I can be at it. And like, I love the trophy Jeep. I, we, you know, we, our original concept when we, I bought it completely hacked apart because the thing was roached and to me had a lot of twerks in it that were wrong. Uh, everything that we did to it, like I absolutely love enjoying that car. You know, we went out and dude, it's done phenomenal. We've, finished the Baja 1000 and won it three times. You know, we've won the Baja 500. We've won the Mint. We've won the Mint 400. Uh, never raced it at any Ultra 4 races, just for the fact of scheduling is never really fit in. This year, we're supposed to race San Felipe. Uh, and now, obviously, now that's not going to happen. But anyways, so... Not I'm, counting Crandon? Uh, Crandon, won, I won Crandon. That's right. I didn't I forget about that. I won Crandon last year in against all the Ultra 4 drivers. So, um, yeah, did we? how did we do the year before? 
Uh, I can't remember. Anyways, we won this year. It was fun. That was a good race. Uh, but anyway, so, I, you know, I just want to learn. So we went out and, uh, hot dude, the car was, it, like, seriously breaks my heart. Like, we, I mean, I spend a ton of money on this. Like, that trophy Jeep has truly the best of everything that we could put in it. I got rad engine in it, badass training in it, big, you know, trophy truck rear end in it. I got all MoTeC, James Lynn, blah, 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 every sensor known to man, everything you could buy, like backup camera. I mean, we went all – I just didn't want to have – what happened in 2020 or 2019 is I went one mile and a sensor went bad, and I didn't have a way to reset it because of the way I had the car wired. So I was like, all right, I don't want that to be an excuse. That's a terrible excuse. And so we went out and spent the money, and, and now we did everything right. And we went – so the trophy truck race starts – uh, it was a 20-mile qualifying loop, and we're like, all right, Aaron's riding with me. Okay, let's go. We're just going to push hard, have fun. We didn't. We had no notes. Uh, well, we had very little notes because basically we weren't going to race traffic trucks. So we're like, all right, let's just push, go as hard as we can uh, with how we can see. There's going to be no dust because they're running us three minutes apart, and let's go. Go one mile, and boom, the transfer case broke out of it. For When I hit hard – when I hit hard on qualifying, because I hit so hard and under brakes, and we didn't know, we put we went and drove it three or four miles at like 40% just to warm it up the day before or after we fixed it or after qualifying. Uh, basically, the, when I, sh I shock-loaded the front system. So basically, uh, because it's King of the Hammers, uh, I run an ARB in the front, and it's locked up on the coast side and drive side. And I think what I did is I basically put all the load of the transfer case on, on those three teeth and it, it basically weakened them. And then one hit and the transfer case broke, never broke a transfer case before. And, uh, yeah, it broke three teeth and that was it. Like, obviously we pulled over very calmly. I asked Aaron to get out of the car. I thought the front drive shaft maybe broke, but no matter what, we uh that was it we oh at first we thought it was a ring opinion so i was like okay well we have 30 minutes we'll start in the back we can still start in trophy truck last push ourselves so we limped it back to uh the pit pulled and pulled the uh uh the fill plug off the rear end and spun it and nope ring gear is perfect that's not the problem and uh super super bummed so anyways it was a t case and i didn't have a spare but uh jason blant walks up um, Blanton walks up and he's like, dude, I have the same T case. If you need another one, I was like, dude, yes, I don't, I don't have a spare with that same ratio in it. And I was like, man, I got to race ultra four and I don't want to, I still want to do very well. I don't, you know, ultra four. So went out and bought, I know I bought a T case off him. Now my guys, oh, mind you to get ready for the, uh, so ultra four, we run UHMW on the bottom, UHMW on the sides, uh, bigger skid plates, um, I called uh, the guy that preps the car, Paul Michelle. Hey, change of plans. I'm racing trophy truck. I need you to uh, – this was the night before. I was like, hey, I, I know you were supposed to come down on Thursday for the Friday race. Now I need you here Wednesday, and I need you to bring everything to adapt the tro uh, trophy Jeep into a trophy truck. Like, I need to bring different uh, – we run all different skid plates. Uh, I had some different springs. We changed all that back over. So we changed all that stuff to drive one mile. So that was a heartbreak. But at the same time, it's a blessing because oh. that would have just happened in the Ultra Four, well, the, Ultra four race. Yeah, it is. It like, is, for sure. So there's two blessings, and everything happens for a reason. So then, okay, so whatever. Heartbreaker. The guys thrashed. They did a great job. Everyone everyone on my team kicked butt. They got the car fixed. It, 
you know, it, that sucks. Dude, there's, it's heartbreaker. Now the car's dirty. Everyone's bummed. Everyone's coming by asking questions. Everyone's getting up in there. So that, that was a bummer. But, um, so the car got fixed, dude, they did a great job. No problems. Everything shifted fine. Super pumped on the car. And, uh, and at that point, are you stoked that you got your uh, bad luck out of the way with the trophy truck race? Like looking forward <laughs> well, to. Uh, I mean, my my thing was, um, I I was I'm, I was looking forward to the trophy truck race because like we talked about as a team, like, hey, let's go out here and push it as hard as we can. If it breaks, we'll fix it. And uh, you know, I I have mostly, I mean, everything but a motor. I, I well, actually, up until this race, before this, I had a spare motor, but. Uh, we have everything spare. I'm like, basically, if we break anything, we can put a new everything in it. Um, I lost a motor at the ball 1000, so I don't have a spare anymore. Uh, so I was like, pretty much we can fix anything. So um, whatever, after we fix it, yeah, my I was like, shit, let's, uh, dude, all right, come Friday, put the visors down, let's go. And uh, sure, that's what we did. So come Friday morning, we had a plan. Let's push hard. Let's get to the dust. You know, we have bad qualifying, but let's send her. And, um we uh did and by the way i am gonna sound like somebody i hate on instagram but uh we went out we were pushing super hard and through pit one we were either first or second overall on time and that's driving in literally 80 percent blinded dust but we were i mean yes i was full sand in the desert going through the bushes passing where we should never pass driving in the biggest bumps as fast as i could going all hell car was just working it good. was just working good the car was freaking on rails and i i felt fantastic i at, so fox once again this winter fox did a complete new setup for me uh, i'm very sensitive on shocks just so everyone knows fox uh, does a fantastic job i'm very very sensitive i like the car to work a certain way i like compression rebound spring rate uh to be a certain way i like springs one way to make the valving work another um, and you know, Mike Kim over there and all the guys at Fox that do everything like they really do a good job with my car, right? I'm a mid engine car, uh, with running four, four wheel drive all the time. So it's a very unique car to have to set up to work in the, in the bump. So I, it, they do a great job. So yes, first 20 mile or we, we got through, um, main pit or uh, pit one on King of the Hammers day. Dude, we're, we passed like seven or eight cars do we are ripping the car is working amazingly and uh sure enough all of a sudden i started engine starts making noise nothing on the sense no nothing on the motec and i was like dude no way i was like it's got to be something broken like uh, something maybe got missed on on the prep you know what i mean from the the tk swap maybe it just came loose we can just fix it real quick and we shut it off and justin was right with me and Dude, he pulls out and he's like, dude, it's now it's in the motor. And like, we're like, all right, well, let's pull some spark plug wire. We tried everything. Pull spark plug wire. See if we can get the thing to detonate differently or, or maybe not. Nothing fire. came up on the dash. No, no nothing. It, it, well, what warnings. it ended up being, we, I mean, so we called it like, so we shut the car off. Um, we shut the car off and then he went out, dissect, you know, looked it all over and then came back. He's like, dude, it's for sure in the motor. And we, then we tried to start it back up and it was, I mean, at this point it basically was running, but terribly. And then we're like, um, we tried to start it one more time and it completely locked up. So what it did, a, a valve broke. And when the valve broke it, then it started just smashing the piston. And then once it started smashing the piston, it basically broke the piston. Then everything fell down. It, so it was done. That was it. So luckily we were in a good spot cause it was like, I could get towed out of there quickly. Um, uh, but that, I mean, that was a, total heartbreak but the good thing is is that that motor would have broke I, if 
I didn't, you know, catch 22 to everything. Technically, the transfer case broke at a perfect time. But if I didn't race the trophy truck race, that T case would have broke at the T case would have broke um, in the ultra four race. So, I, okay, so I'm, I was going to DNF that no matter what. And that would have been a bigger heartbreak because there's a lot more people there on Friday than Thursday. And then for myself, the bigger part is like if for any reason that I didn't get to do any shakedown before ultra four San Felipe, the motor would have let go 20 miles in to San Felipe. So now I'm going there with the new motor, new transfer case. Well, even if you did shakedown, if you only did like a couple of miles, yeah, I don't, yeah, you still would have, yeah, it could have, <laughs> it, 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 well, and that could have been the other thing. Maybe it was a week before the race, and then I lost the motor. Now I'd had to pull the motor out and had a motor rebuilt in five days. So <laughs> it all, everything happens for a reason. So it, 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 uh, you know, total bummer for myself. Um, I was heartbroken. I, you know. Everybody puts so much work into that thing. It, that thing is a beast. It, it's a lot of work uh, to keep it running. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts. And, you know, uh, it was just a total heartbreak. The car's been phenomenal. And I only have problems with the hammers. I've, I've literally broke at the hammers every single year we've gone. And I've never – this is the furthest year. I went 20 miles this year. It's, how do you even – I went 20 miles this year. I went one mile last year. And I went – oh, I ripped a corner off the car qualifying the year before that. So I'm just, I don't know. I don't know what I got to do different at the hammers, but it's, I've never made it to the rocks. I've never, I've never driven the trophy Jeep aggressively in the rocks in. Yeah. I mean, and I want to, I mean, I've driven in the rocks pre-running. I mean, I drove every trail. Uh, I went out two in November of 2018 and we went out and tested and did the whole deal. But yeah, man, I don't just a bummer on that. So the racing side of it was tough. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, I, on the event side, I'd like for myself, if anybody that's listening, you guys want to come out, like it's probably the best week you can have uh, for my, for us. You can come. We let everyone hang out at our pit. We uh, we we enjoy the time. Um, we camp out there. We have a fire every night. It's our time to actually hang out and enjoy everything. You know, not racing. It's we don't get to camp very often. You know, we had the Minzies and they had forty people and then. For some reason, we bring an entourage everywhere we go. We probably had 50 people. It's terrible. Well, you had pretty much, you have something going on like every day. Like it's not, oh, we have this day off. We can just go chill and go yeah. on, on a play ride. And like a, a, every day, you pretty much have something going on. Um, and actually kind of leading into uh, someone else that had a, uh, something going on every day. We're going to give Cameron a call if you want to give him a shout. Give but him a shout. That dude, I think he raced. Every race, didn't he? Yeah, he he is. That was a gnarly uh, deal. Hey, Casey. Hey, Cameron. How are you? Doing good. Doing we, good. How about you? Uh, dude, we're doing good. You're uh, actually with uh, Casey or me, uh, Aaron Casada, and Kyle, my media guy, on my uh, podcast. Hey, hey, what's up, podcast? We are we are uh, discussing. Uh, 2020 King of the Hammers. We had Dave Cole get on little, do a little uh, brief about King of the Hammers. I had the worst. Well, I had a terrible week, uh, and then we're like, dude, there's only one guy that raced more than I did. Was leading the Ultra Four race. I was watching on the live stream because I was already on my way home. By the time you uh, had your problems, but man, we just wanted to give you a call and tell you first, you're gnarly for doing what you did, and we wanted to hear how it went for you. 
Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you. It's uh, It was gnarly, but I was so stoked to do it. And the real bummer of the whole thing was that I either broke or did something to my thumb and my wrist the night before the first race. So I was incapacitated the whole time. And uh, that really made it tougher. But to be honest with you, it really only bothered me in the UTV. And then after I took a couple days off, because I, I, I heard it the night before the UTV race, but it wasn't like it bothered me a bunch, but I was favoring it. So I, I was having a little bit of a tough time. But once I realized I just had to drive through it, it wasn't as bad. But um, the bike was really, really tough. But I, I had a great week. I have so much respect for everybody that races out there. And after announcing there for, I don't know, seven of the 10 years or some stat like that, I just, I really wanted to race. And once we raced the T1 there, I was like, okay, well, we need to race more. And I had an opportunity the year before to race 4,400. And I didn't do it because I didn't think we had enough training time. But this year I committed to it. And we basically trained after the ball 1,000 straight through to King of the Hammer. So I love it. But we, we had a crappy week like you, Casey. We, did, we didn't finish any race, which is really weird for us. So hold on, Cameron. You, you've gone and obviously announced it uh, a bunch. But this year was like your first, other than racing the trophy truck last year, this year was like your first year in the rocks racing? Uh, I guess that's not totally true because I raced King of the Motos twice uh, previously. And I should say I rode. But the first or second year of King of the Motos, I finished fourth in the non-pro class. So I did complete that race. So I did race in the rocks. And the other, the other stat that I have from rock racing is when Dave really first started getting it going i think in 2008 he invited myself and pete soren out to race and he provided us uh teams to race with so he linked me up with the Lovell brothers and i was supposed to race roger's truck but like i got out there two days before there's nothing to pre-run in i had no idea what i was doing and so i just made the decision that i would navigate for brad and that roger should race so i raced half a lap in 2000 and eight, I think it was with Brad, but we had the fuel tank split open and we had to stop. Yikes. I mean, the motor yeah, dudes are, are gnarly. I, that, that doesn't even look fun to me <laughs> trying to tackle some of those rock gardens and, and canyons on a dirt bike. How, how was the moto race? The moto race was tough. I mean, I was surprised to be honest with you. I was surprised. I, I really liked the three loop format. I didn't think the first loop would be as tough. Like I, Maybe I didn't envision 35 miles of pure hell, but that's what it was. And, you know, coming into it, I knew I was going to struggle because of my hand, but it really was accentuated on the qualifying. I got jammed up with some people and ended up on the last line after qualifying. And then, I mean, there was no joke. I, I don't know if you guys stayed around to watch, but, you know, just the start going up the first hill, I was surprised how well everybody achieved that. But, you know, we're riding single track rocks and then we're also riding traditional rocks and it was tough i mean i've ridden a lot of dirt bikes in a lot of places and i think that that was the hardest single 16 miles of dirt biking i have ever done well and, even at uh, that point up, like the moto race was the last race uh, of the event so the very last day you've been out there for several weeks i'd imagine you know pre-running and getting ready for it but and with all the bad luck that you had throughout the week, I mean, was there at any point that you were just uh, over it and, and, and willing to toss the moto race aside? 
Well, what ended up ha- happening was that, you know, I was really mentally geared up to do this whole thing. And once I got hurt, you know, people started suggesting that I skip races. Like there was people in my team saying, let's just skip the UTV and the Everyman Challenge. I'm like, man, I'm already, you know, I'm so committed. I want to try. And then um, the night, that morning of the UTV race, I had a chiropractor like pop my thumb and I, and it kind of felt like it went back in. So I was like, oh, maybe that was a problem. So I kept, I kept doing things. I did not qualify. So I took one full day off from EMC, but I thought about, I could bail on the bikes, but that was my commitment was to do everything. And it wasn't like I couldn't ride. I just wasn't going to ride well. So I just, I didn't want to not do it. And, and to be honest with you, like I said, we don't know what the course is like every other race can pre-run, but the bikes have no idea. So I'm like, okay, well maybe this first loop, although it's 35 miles has a ton of desert in it and I can just ride and get at least one finish. (laughs) And and I was like, you know, after, after crapping out on the 4,400 race while leading, I was like, okay, well I can't not race the bike race. I got to at least try. And I thought I'd get that finished, but you know, I was, uh, it was a combination of things. I had a, I had a, you know, I'm kind of a ding dong. I, I ran a setup on my bike that had grip heaters and it's something that I run all the time. Cause I don't like riding in the mornings when it's cold. And when we were um, testing and practicing, yeah, testing and practicing for hammers, I rode uh, maybe 10 days at hammers, maybe eight or nine, 10 days. I'm not sure, but it was freezing. And so I left the grip heaters on my bike and it ended up killing my battery. There was a, a problem with the way we aftermarket wired it. Oh. And so not only, not only was I completely dead at mile 16 when we dropped into, uh, uh, what is it? And now I'm drawing a blank on the name of the trail, but anyway, we were going up one of the main trails and it has the double ledge in it and my bike crapped out at the bottom and I wasn't strong enough to push my bike through the rocks. So I had to get someone to push my bike with me. Um, and then I could bump start it. And once I got a bump started, I turned around and I went and I tried to do the obstacle, which I did get through the double ledge. And then my bike died again. And, and I was in the middle of, Oof. um, the trail with nowhere to bump start the bike. And I was just like, I'm so over this and I'm like hurting <laughs> and I'm hot. And then to, on top of it, I had a bunch of friends that were right there filming and they and they were just like guys that had been on rip to rip to Cabo with me and stuff. There's like, I've never seen you look so annihilated. You, you know, you look terrible. And, um, so I just figured it was probably safer for me to call it at that point. Such a bummer. So, yeah. You put so much into it and when it doesn't go your way, it's, uh, it's such a disappointment. So, okay. So just real quick, how gnarly is it? Cause now I'm like, maybe I should try to ride motos next year. <laughs> Is it like KTM 300 would be a good bike to ride? I think that a, I think that a two strokes a good bike to ride. Um, I tried a, a couple different bikes, but I think that a smaller two stroke is a good bike to ride. It's just sometimes it's hard because it doesn't have the grunt yeah. that you want, you know. So it's kind of a give and take. Like when I rode across, when you ride across the desert on one of those smaller two strokes, it feels really like un, not planted because we're yeah. used to riding the bigger four strokes. So there's like, there's some give and take for it, but you definitely want to be able to ride something that's reliable and that you can, you can get through stuff. I mean, I, I thought at mile 16, I'm like, damn, I must be, you know, I must be going to get easier. And, um, 
I, when I rode back to the, someone else rode with moving, another guy failed at the same spot. We watched each other. The, the marshal that was there was like, Hey, you guys should ride by yourselves. Obviously I was blowing bubbles, <laughs> but, um, when I rode back, you know, I waited for my buddy Shane Reed, who I herald as one of the best dirt bikers I know. And it took him five and a half hours to do that first loop. And it was so gnarly. I don't know. I, I, I don't want to suggest that you ride it, but I mean, if you want to test yourself, by all means, I mean that's yeah. that is one that is a gnarly ass test. The guy that put that course together had no mercy at all. That was so it was hard the was, whole time. It never did get easier. I never thought. I mean, there was like little reprieves, like you would ride across the valley to get to the another section, and we rode a couple desert sections, but it was it was pretty serious. I mean, it it didn't feel like we got a lot of lot of rest time so to speak like we when we started we went up that side hill and then we came down and we side hilled around the ledge at back door then we went up resolution and going up resolution on the bike is no joke and then at the top of that we had to turn right onto a single track and go over the top of the hill kind of where the bypass is but just a little bit further up then you dropped across the desert slightly and you did a five mile rock single track along the side of the hill. I mean, it was like, I mean, they were like kicking you right, right away. I mean, there was, there was no, no reprieve. I mean, I may, I may be a big sissy, but none of that sounds fun whatsoever. Yeah. I think it would have been fun if we, if I hadn't been hurt and I didn't want to complain and I tried not to say anything and, I was kind of bummed because Dave like said that at the driver's meeting for the EMC that my hand was broken, but I was trying to keep it totally quiet. I just wanted to see if we could have Bailey drive qualifying because I wanted to take the day off and, and try to let it rest and see if I could ice and Cairo it, get it to some kind of semblance. But how, how did you injure totally, it? Did you injure it while you're out there? Yeah. I, um, well, I just figured that I should pre-run everything. So I pre-ran back door in my Can-Am and I, I stuck a little bit and I loosened my seatbelts, you know, so I could see a little bit better and, and, um, jammed my thumb. My wheels didn't spin. Like I didn't get my my finger in the steering wheel. I actually like my body weight came forward and I just like hyperextended my, my thumb on the wheel. It was really weird. I can't really tell you exactly what happened. Dan Fresh and I were over there at the same time. Both of us kind of, hurt ourselves and then after that i talked to a few people and they're like we don't pre-run backdoor <laughs> i i never did i've never pre-run it you, once i i didn't want to say but you were one of the first people i came over because we had a little problem oh, and i came over to get some help from you and that was right i mean i just happened and i was trying to figure out what was wrong and um i didn't i also didn't tell people that one of my crew guys ended my yeah. my car before the race Such and so we had we had some couple mechanical issues that made it a little bit more difficult for us but um you know we're we're newbies and i'm i'm willing to say that i'm a total kook utv or but <laughs> i'm uh, i have a lot of respect for it and i want to get better at it and i think we we had a really good chance to race for a top 10 that day we had a good plan but we we took ourselves out of it by by destroying our equipment you know earlier in the week what ha- what like i mean just to give everyone like for you you raced every class so like starting out the week what in utv i we obviously know you didn't finish but like what what happened what happened so everyone can just kind of know what happened to you on before the race or during no the race? during the race like during the utv race so the utv race i started off uh i was racing with sarah and someone else i can't remember who 
and we were just cruising along about mile seven and um there was a going down that slot canyon there was like a either or to the left you went up to yeah. the left yep or you went down in the slot to the right i went to the left and i dug the outside wheels and um one of the problems was that when my when the car got wrecked that it it um didn't have front wheel drive all the time and i think that i tipped over there i know i tipped over there and it took us quite a while to get flipped back over we actually got tipped back over by bryce we had another guy try to help us and then bryce flipped us over and got going again <clears throat> and then um i i again utv newbie i talked to my buddy who races all the time he's like yeah you should get this mile per gallon and blah 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 so we didn't stop at 1a and we were going to 1B, and we ran out about six miles before, so I jogged it into camp to try to get fuel to carry back out there, and Wayne stayed, and try, you know, he had a hurt foot already, so he, he ended up getting rope-toed into the pit, so I, I jogged and walked it for quite a ways, and he passed me on the last little hill coming in. I'm like, I'm not getting in the car. I'm <laughs> finish what I started, so I walked into So you also ran a 5K that day. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty good. It was so funny because I had um, cell phone in and out, and uh, one of my crew guys was out there, and uh, at one B or somewhere nearby, and uh, he's like, "I see you. Do you see me?" I'm like, "I was looking in the desert, and like, I'm like, dude, I'm, I don't see you." He's like, "I can see you walking right there. You can't see me." I'm like, "I don't see you," but it was somebody else walking in a black driving suit, so he thought it was me. And uh, so anyway, yeah, I, I walked and ran. Every time someone came by me, I was jogging. I was trying to, I was trying to jog the whole way, but it was brutal. It was, it was a tough jog. But it's gnarly. So gnarly. Um, so yeah, that happened. And then in the EMC race, Bailey qualified second, so we were front row. We ended up beating the driver off the start, and so we were just in a cruisy pace. And the Trent Fabrication guys gave us a great car, but um, and Terry Madden rode with me. We were having a great time. We got to cougar buttes and we had all our lines chosen and ready to go and i guess unknown to me there's like like this little spot on the on the lower link if you hit it exactly right it'll flare the lower link so i just assumed like we were just driving over and like slowly dropping down stuff and i guess we landed on a rock exactly right and it flared the the lower link and pulled it out of the pull it apart and that oh. ended our race so we were sitting there, donkey patrol. And, <laughs> Isn't it the worst and, when you're uh, that early on and everybody's behind you? Yeah, yes. And it was, you know, we were able to help people through there. And, and Terry was super helpful with people. And it was it was a cool experience, but I, I did feel like we were plugging up the trail. Luckily, there was multiple lines there. And I did get to learn some lines there. And I, I was able to use them in the 4400 race because um, – I got to walk a lot of Cougar Buttes that day <laughs> and watch what was going on. I, then, I do uh, enjoy that part of off-road, the camaraderie and, uh, you know, helping others. Like when you're down, Casey didn't really mention that. When you broke, who was the dude you gave some of your brake fluid to? Oh, I don't know, but yeah, it's random. He actually hit me up today <laughs> looking to buy parts. But so. no, the, from an off-road standpoint, like it's cool that, you know, people, people take care of uh, other racers and, you know, tow them or, you know, give them spare parts or water, you know, whatever. It's, it's a pretty cool family atmosphere well, there. Well, well, being so desolate, you know, we've always had to count on each other. Even if you're there to beat the guy, you know, it's your, you're still have the camaraderie of saving someone or, you know, coming to their rescue. And 
that was one thing that Buddy Rice said when he came and raced. The, he won the Indy 500, I think, in 05. He came to race 1,000 with us that year. And we went down to pre-run, and we, you know, we were going to camp in Trinidad with some people. And, you know, we're, we pull into the camp, and we're there. There's a bunch of motorhomes. And he's like, an hour later, he's like, hey, we're racing against all these people. I'm like, yeah. He's like, and we're hanging out with them. I'm like, yeah. He's like, no. He's like, I, you know, I know their friends in the in the paddock and the IndyCar and stuff like that. But he was surprised with how tight everybody was and how hard we worked together awesome. to make it work. Yeah, it was cool. It was a great experience. It was fun um, racing is... with buddies. Sidebar, I, I ended up navigating with them in the last section. We didn't have a great day, but the farmers flooded the fields at Ojos Negros, and it was like 18 degrees out, and it was very cold. Anyway, next story. But <laughs> so the uh, what uh, last one, dude? You so. What I saw, because I watched you on live stream, you were you were actually leading. That's funny. I was actually telling Dave Cole, you were, you left main pit and they put an, a, uh, an like you were in second behind Bailey, and your team put a spare winch rope on your spare tire, and you left main pit. Well, it in like after that, it's super fast around all the way around the lake bed. You know the the lake bed by the military base, and you had the. I'm like, dude, if he had sat phone right now or, you know, sat radio, like he has that, that, uh, winch cable had untwined and was spinning out the back. It's like, dude, IRS car, that thing is going to get wrapped up in the rear IRS at some point. Sure enough at aftershock, you had, uh, Wayne got out of the car and had to cut it out of there. And we, it was totally on the live stream. Yeah, it was crazy. I, you know what's funny about that, and I'll just be totally honest. I mean, we had a pretty cruisy day. Uh, real quick, going back, we broke the steering box in the T1 truck. That's what happened to us, and that's why we didn't didn't do good. Oh, there. that's right. You had trophy truck race. Forgot about that race. Yeah, yeah. So we yeah we lost a we lost a gear in the in the steering box. But Did, anyway, what happened? Actually, real quick, trophy truck race. What happened? Because you weren't at the start line. Yeah. So what happened was we we had tested the truck and everything was perfect, and and um. The night before, we ran like 35 or 40 miles. Everything was perfect. But the morning of the race, we started up early to warm up. And it, thankfully, it wasn't that cold. So we, warm up wasn't quite as big of a deal as it was the year before. But we had we had like a problem with our water line. We had an air pocket. And the car kept spiking in heat, which is really weird for us because we, we haven't had any problems with it. So... You know, the guys, I was there, I'm like, well, we're an hour and a half, hour and 15 from qualifying. Let's get it, let's get it sorted out. And so they were having a, they couldn't figure it out as you may have seen pictures, but we had a giant boom crane there on one of our service trucks and they lifted the truck up both ways. We tried to bleed it out and, um, they couldn't, they couldn't get it to work. They couldn't nothing. Right. So I said, okay, I'm going to go to the start line. If you guys get it, get it ready for qualifying, come over and then. And then we got a start position in the very back, and I'm like, well, we're not going to make it. But then the car showed up, and I'm like, okay, awesome. It's fixed. And then I get in the car with Cody, and I'm like, what did you guys do? What happened? You know, what what was fixed? And he just, he didn't say anything. I'm like, hello? He's like, nothing. We didn't fix anything. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean he didn't fix anything? <laughs> So, so we're sitting there at the start line, and you, and if you were right there, we were starting starting and stopping the truck, like so it wouldn't get hot because it was getting hot. And so our commitment was we were going to start, and um, 
and hopefully it would go in. Honestly, we started like five minutes before we started it and it got boiling, started to get hot. We shut it off. And when we moved into start position, I was like, okay, well, we're just going to have to go for it. And we started going and it never got hot. <laughs> it well, was the craziest thing. It, it went snapped right back to perfect. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. And then we, so we ran from the back and we ended up hitting a rock and getting a flat, which is really unusual for us. We haven't had a flat. In, I don't even know how long, but um, so we flatted and we changed that and then got going again and we were running pretty good. Like our, our split times were pretty good. We weren't being super aggressive, but we were moving up and, and then um, st- just all of a sudden the steering was out with the wooden turn, which is always scary. And thankfully we were going um, 24 miles an hour instead of 124 Oof. miles an hour when that happened. That is scary. And guess what? It happened at Cougar Buttes. We stopped, <laughs> stopped right there, right next to it. Same spot. So, yeah. Oh, that was... yeah, rubbing salt in the wounds. But anyway, yeah. So, But back to the, the 4400 race, you know, Cody Wagoner and the LaserNet guys, they're super good dudes. They, gave, they, are, they talked about it the year before. This year we made a huge plan to go. When Wayne asked for that winch cable or whatever to be – or have it put on the back because we had changed the tire i was like no 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 i'm shaking my hand my finger at at people don't put that on the car and because i knew you can never strap anything on the car that's gonna stay right i mean it it takes like a a miracle to put something on the back of your car especially like a winch cable or line like that yep so that's what ended up really costing us and as you saw i don't know what the time frame was but when we were in aftershock we made a commitment that we would drive up aftershock and we would take just an easy run at it and if we had a good position winch we would it. just get out and winch it and not thrash on the vehicle not not put that much pressure on it that late in the race because really it was the only place on the race course that we were thinking we would maybe have to winch and um you know i was okay with the plan and you know we came we were chasing bailey and we weren't really being very aggressive and we came over the rise and she was parked on the side and I was like, Oh damn. Okay. And we were one of the very few people who actually did go out and pre-run that new trail out there. Um, trying to f- remember what oh, it's yeah. called. I know you're talking about on, yeah, Not, right next to the military base. Yeah. Yep. And, um, and it was a great trail, but we, we walked the whole thing. So we had all the lines and knew exactly what to do. So we were super stoked and we were just running a good conservative pace and the, the car was perfect. And, um, you know, for me, I, I obviously, I never expected to have the steering break out of it. Um, but that's, you know, the aluminum piece failed, but that, that piece being wrapped around the, the axle and CV, I mean, Wayne was out there forever working on it. I'm like, well, what in the hell is going on? And there's a, another, another guy that was broken there came over and told me that the winch line was wrapped around the, the CV boots. And I was like, Oh crap. So then, you know, Josh got, um, right up with us and, uh, we were getting back in the car and Josh went by and we raced with him. And I honestly, I think that we had him covered on speed in the desert. So we didn't need to race him so much in the rocks. I think I got a little racy at, at the bottom of um, chocolate thunder, you know, all the fans <laughs> there and stuff. It happens. Um, and I, yeah, and I thought we had a pro- possibility cause he was kind of jamming up there on the right. I thought we were going to get right through and, and could make it work. And, you know, I think it was a cool time. I don't think we broke the, the car there, but the car did break within one mile of that spot. But by the looks of it, 
it looked like it had been pulling apart for you know quite some time. There was a lot of wear marks on it, and it just pulled the 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 tie rod out of the swing set. The aluminum opened up, and then we didn't think that we had a spare, and so we called it and went off the track. But there was a spare. I think we could have probably got a spare to us and still finished in the top, you know, eight or so. Oh, yeah. But. Yeah, it was a, what an honor to be a part of that race and the, the laser nut guys. I mean, you know what it takes oh, yeah. to get there. And Cody and the laser nut racing guys and the monster guys, Method, BFG, everybody really put a lot into making that happen. And I promised everybody that we weren't going to go there and look like a fool. And I think people thought, oh yeah, trophy truck donkey, you know, whatever. <laughs> he's just gonna he's just gonna kill the car in the in the desert section. And we just really loped it and cruised. I mean. Um, I'm trying to remember his name, but, um, you know, Vaughn Gittin's uh, partner, Lauren Healy, he put such an epic pass on us. It was so funny. We were, we were desert racer guys, but we weren't desert racing, you know? So we were kind of cruising along in some dust. We were maybe like sixth or fifth on the road or whatever, first lap. And uh, coming back to where the gate is with the military base, um, I was just telling Wayne, I'm like, Hey, if we were really like trying, we'd be out right over there on the right side over there like on the side of this dust and hauling ass and passing this guy but you know we we're just cruising and as i said that lauren went by on that line hauling ass and passed us and we had the biggest chuckle inside the car it was so funny to have someone desert race the desert racer guy but we had such a commitment to just lope that lap that we just we weren't in any hurry and didn't make weren't aggressive at all so we we're just cruising how do you enjoy um, racing the rocks versus, you know, other desert races? Baja well, you or Mant or... What I like about racing the rocks is there's a lot of thinking. So I like rally. I've raced, you know, the Nora rally isn't really a rally, but the Baja rally that we did done on moto, is there's a lot of thinking to it. And that's what I really liked about the ultra four and the king of the hammers is that you can put a lot more thinking into it on your lines and, and stuff like that. And I don't think that I'm not saying there's not thinking in trophy truck racing because there is, it's just obviously something that we do every day for, you know, every race for 15 years. So it's maybe a little bit less cerebral, but I really enjoyed the fact that there's some thinking that goes into it and uh, making sure that you do the right lap. I mean, there's people that missed, the lap turns and stuff like that, both in T1 and in ultra four, I think even just the simplest of having those added like twists to it that you have to, it's like the joker accomplish. line in supercross. Yeah. I think it's great. I think that Holy. kind of stuff I really like, but I love racing on the rocks because you're not just, you're not just smashing, right? You gotta, you can go f kind of fast, but you gotta think about what you're doing and you gotta have good wheel placement. And you know, that's why so many things break because people try to go fast and going fast with your wheels turned and having obstacles that are going to, you know, bend things, it's it's really kind of a cool dichotomy of how to race. It's different. So I really enjoy it. I really I really like it, and I'm fully committed to going back. And Are you going to go back? If I have, yeah, I'm fully committed to, I, you know, Cody and the laser nut guys and Rodney, our prep guy, who did an incredible job, and Wayne. We've all agreed that we'd like to go back and do it again. So they asked me to come back. So we're going to, we're going to do it again. I'm in. And, um, as far as the five races, if, if we can round up the vehicles, I really want to do it and finish all five. But, you know, I think that we're competitive 
competitive enough where we could be top 10 in UTV. I think we can podium in the EMC. I think we can obviously podium in the T1. And I think we've proven that we can podium in the, the Ultra 4. So, I mean, I think that we could go up there and race smart for some, some good top fives. And then the bike thing, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to finish, but I, I would like to be in the, you know, in contention, but I just don't think it's possible. I'm a little bit older than some of those guys. So just getting to the finish line, I think should be the goal on that. And that's probably how we'll, we'll do it. You know, how, but how, yes, I'm, how many guys, we're finished, going back. how many guys finished the moto? I'm sorry. I'm like intrigued. I never, like, once you start talking about it, like, obviously I have a history of moto, but what, how many guys actually finished? Not not very many. I don't know what the number was, but it was pretty staggering how few people were coming around. I mean, there was less than an hour left in time, and I think there had only been 18 people that had finished the first lap. So the way, if you finished the first lap, you would get a bronze medal. So you were an official finisher. So anybody that finished that first 35-mile lap um, got a finish. And then to finish the second lap, I think, was silver, and you had to finish the exact same lap plus a couple bonus sections. It's even, oh, so um, it's the same gnarly lap. You had to do it again. <laughs> yes. And then oh. the third lap was all gnarly single track right next to the mountain right there where the start is. It goes around the top and the sides and the canyons. And I guess it was just unbelievable. But no no one finished. Oh, no one lap. finished. No, as far as I know, I don't think anybody finished oh, the last lap. That's so gnarly. That's, yeah, that's think, what blows my mind with only, hammers is how how many people go and race and how little finish. How little finish. Well, I think it's a testament. I mean, I think that you got to go into it th- with a different mentality. I don't think that, and I try to explain it to people, and you can tell people in race cars all day long that they need to slow down, but no one wants to listen. You know, and that's <laughs> yeah. that really the the magic to us winning and being on the podium in trophy truck. You know, starting really in 2015. Uh, well, there's a couple factors, but one of the factors was that we slowed down. We we went slower. If you watch the videos of any race section, we are not doing the Robbie Gordon anywhere. We're not like the fastest guy in this section. We're not the guy that does the highest jump. We're not the guy the most sideways. But every time the times come out, we're in the top five. You know, and that's what that's what it takes is consistency and and not not smashing on your vehicle. Well, I think just desert racing in general, that's always, you know, comes into play. You, uh, we'd always joke about it. You see it on, on social media. Oh, I was winning until this race mile and or, you know, whatever. It's like off-road racing, you have to be smart. You you can't push your stuff uh, 100 to 100% the entire time. It's not going to last. So uh, pushing when, when you can and backing it down, you know, when you need to and just playing it smart and getting your vehicle to the finish line is, you know, what do they say? To finish first, first you must finish. Right, and I th- and it brings me back to qualifying. You know, we run hard in qualifying, but we never try to never abuse our equipment because you just never really know what you did to it. You know, so even if you think you can fix it, you know, I, I just I really don't want to crash my equipment and do that to my guys after everybody spent so much time and money and effort to get there, and then destroy the vehicle in qualifying. Just. I don't see it. So as long as we start in the fast group, that's all I really care about. Yeah, we've qualified, you know, second for San Felipe a couple years ago and third for the men. You know, we've been in the mix, but I don't think you'll see us winning qualifying anytime soon. That's not not something that we're really trying to do, you know. And I think that 
we could have made a bigger effort at hammers for qualifying. I think we qualified 16th or 17th or something like that. I don't know, but, uh, I thought it was perfect. I thought the race really came to us, our plan with Mike craft doing the engineering and, and, uh, Cody Wagner working with us. I, I just think it really came together and came right to us and no one's fault, but our own to fail 26 miles from the finish line. Yeah. It's, that is a bummer. You guys did do a fantastic job. So definitely. Yeah. Well, I appreciate cool. it. Well, thank you, Cameron. Dude, we appreciate the time and the stories. Like for us, it sucks that we're, uh, we took this long to get on here and, and do a podcast about hammers. But I, I, tr- I, for me, it's one of my favorite weeks of the year. Uh, I'm a, obviously a rock guy. I love driving Jeeps and Can-Ams and uh, I, I really enjoy it. So it's cool. Cool having you out there enjoying it as well. Uh, quickly, Cameron, what's next though for you? Like once this quarantine's all up, where are you going? What are you doing? Well, we've, uh, because of this, you know, we, first of all, prayers for everybody impacted, affected, or, you know, anybody that's lost a loved one, we've been thinking about them. We've been, um, at our house for 42 days consecutively. Uh, we have a five month old, so we're being really careful. Um, our plan, we've had to cancel Hellride and Rift Costa Rica. Both, um, we're in this time frame. Right now, our plan is to go with score to the Baja 500 um, in June or July, whenever it happens. And uh, that's scheduled to be our first race right now. We were supposed to go to Nora as well, but now Nora and Rip to Cabo are right on top of each other in October. So I'm not sure how that's going to work out. But yeah, Baja 500 is next. But I think when they, um, you know, when everybody's healthy and things are back together, our, I think my mission is to ride my dirt bike south because the little known fact is that I came back out of the Baja 1000 and committed fully to King of the Hammers, came out of that with a hurt arm. I have not been to Baja in over five months, and that has not happened in my last 20 years or maybe my entire life. And so I'm looking at, you know, if we're not going to Baja until June – It'll be at least six months since I've been to Baja. That is a that is a crazy stat for me. I don't know about anybody else, but you know we spend three plus months a year in Baja, and um, yeah. So I'm I'm going a little. You you're know, missing some tacos I'm, right now, is what you're saying. Yeah, and I'm missing my friends and people that we see all the time down there. We've been checking in with a lot of people on the peninsula, and everybody seems to be doing good. But yeah, we miss we miss that, not just the camaraderie of the people that live there, but also the camaraderie we get to share. You know, Casey's been on, on a bunch of trips with us, so he knows, you know, how it is. And, you know, right now, Trail of Missions has a date that we're, we're sticking to, but we'll see what happens. You know, it's supposed we're supposed to go three days after the Baja 500. But, again, we're not going anywhere unless everybody in Baja is safe and healthy and that we're making good decisions for everyone. But long answer for a short answer is Baja 500. Awesome. Well, Cameron, keep kicking ass. Uh, I'm excited for um... – the trail emissions, so obviously one of my favorite trips with my family. So uh, pr- can't wait to see you guys. Hopefully you, the baby, uh, Kay, everyone's safe and staying healthy, and uh, we'll chat soon. All right, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Have a great day. Thank Later, you, Later, dude. All right, bye. Well, Cameron's got a great story. Everywhere he goes, he's he's always got a story. He, he definitely lives large, that's for sure. Yeah. So, Five races, that's gnarly. Uh, the mo- yeah, they all are. They really, and the crazy thing is, like, dude, we did three, and it's so much work. It's not even that it's so much. It's just so, so much time consuming because there's qualifying for everything. Like, 
Every race has to qualify. So that's the day before. Every single thing. You're you're busy. You're busy every single day. So it, it's tough. Well, it would be helpful too, like having a different vehicle for you. Like you're racing the trophy Jeep in two of them. So it's like yeah, that made it getting worse. it prepped and ready for the next yeah. race the following day. Yeah. It's pretty gnarly. But one of the things I want to talk about too is like, all right, so that's all the racing and stuff. Like if, as if that's not enough going on during the week. But let's talk about your pit, dude, because your pit like is the <laughs> jam of Hammertown. Uh, um, I mean, for us, like obviously, you know, throughout the year we brainstorm new ideas. Um, well, it's year. grown too. So yeah, a couple well, of years yeah. ago, you yeah, had so now, yeah. So the ten, yeah, you're right. So it started out with like a couple easy ups, and like we would rented like a. T- 20 by 10 tent so that was big enough for one car to fit in at night and put utvs in there and then it went to 20 by 20 30 by 30 40 by 40 and this year was 50 by 60 with a semi catering truck uh we bring yeah yeah semi catering truck m2 we bring a lot. Five Jeeps, six Jeeps, nine UTVs. Full satellite TV setup. Satellite TV. And then, like, I think we had, I think total we had, like, 18 motorhomes and campers. It was ridiculous. I've, we rent six generators. Uh, we, yeah, we rent six generators. We, we bring our own satellite TV. We, we do bring the entourage. I, you know, my, I enjoy it. It's the only time of the year that I this is where I'm split personality. I really enjoy racing. I love that side of it, but I also really enjoy the time uh, with my friends and like my partners. Like this is the one race that we can drink beer at night and hang out and just enjoy it. And we're all there together and there's no hotel rooms involved. So you're all going to hang out until you're going to bed. Well, I'll give it up to you again too. Cause every night you're out there drinking, having fun, like hosting. I don't drink every night. I hosting. don't drink every night, but well, you're, you're yeah. out there ha- I'm having up. a yeah, good time sure. hosting uh, again, everyone, uh, everyone knew to go to your pit cause something was going on there. So, yeah. so um, we, yeah. So like, uh, this year we, um, we smoked a 200 pound pig, uh, one night and then the guys from Curry enterprises, uh, some of my dad's like employees for 40 years, um, they cook on the side and used to own a restaurant and, uh, did, uh, one of the nights we did, Oh, it was Tuesday night, Tuesday night. We did full taco Tuesday. Uh, they brought out a couple hundred pounds of meat. Uh, we did the, we actually brought out the whole machine, uh, for, you know, for pork and with the pineapple on top and they made fresh guacamole, fresh salsa, fresh chips. They did everything pre got everything ready. Then we actually cooked it all. It was all fresh raw meat and they cooked it completely up on the lake bed, served everybody up. And then, uh, I, I will say that it's Aaron's idea for sure. Having dueling pianos come out to the lake bed. Uh, I was like, man, that's a killer idea. Let me get their contact. Uh, I ended up hitting them up. They're like, yeah, we'll come and we can do it. We'll do it the second night. Then Fox um, and KMC uh, and Molly were like, well, any party, anything you guys want to do party-wise, we want to be a part of. And I was like, all right, well, we're doing a dueling pianos uh, and Taco Tuesday on the lake. So Tuesday night we did dueling pianos in the pit. I, you know, we bring like close to 40 chairs, 20 tables, um, and we jammed it out a bunch of, uh, Makita hooked us up this year. So we had a bunch of Makita lights light in the night and that's uh, pretty unbelievable. I mean, the year before it too, you flew dude down from Canada with fish to do a fish fry. Like, yeah. So last year, 2019, I, in the summertime, I got to go on an invite, uh, business trip, uh, with Mollet to go, uh, fishing in Canada. 
and uh, ended up hitting it off with one of the fishing tour guides. I was like, dude, it would be awesome to do a fish fry on the lake bed. And he's like, I'll do it. I'll catch you fish. You ship it down and fly me down. I'll, I'll do everything else and, and cook you food. So I was like, he's like, if you fly my wife down, she can help set it all up. And I was like, done. We'll fly you guys in. So I, I flew them into Palm Springs on it was yeah I think we but did then they catch the fish and yeah, so, overnight oh it. yeah yeah first so first before it froze because in Canada the lakes freeze so in December they caught uh, seventy five pounds of fish uh, frozen and then we put it in the freezer shipped it uh, second week of January we got it down into my freezer at my house and then I put it in my RV free or then we brought a freezer. But we ended up, so then we, yeah, got it to the lake bed, flew them in Palm Springs. They have all their special ingredients they brought from Canada. I got deep, I had a deep fryer. One of the guys from Mala, he's all about cooking. We set up these deep fryers. They do uh, fish and chips, and we got all these potatoes, cut it into, uh, you know, like slices. And uh, we literally had Canadian fish fry on King of the Hammers lake bed. We, uh, they cooked 75 pounds of fish, and it was Oh man, the fish they cook in the season they do is phenomenal. I'm not a big fish guy, but they, they cooked it all. I think we ate almost all of it, and what didn't get ate that night, the next day, my guys pounded through it. But uh, they came down. They've never been into California, and we ended up flying them in and out of Palm Springs. They got to stay in Palm Springs. They enjoyed it. Like they had an absolute blast. They're fantastic people. Um, and yeah, it was, it was crazy. Yeah. So you had the fish fry last year. You did the pig out this year, taco Tuesday. We have, uh, Alec Balin with the AB catering feeds us the best food all week. I, I think I gained about 15 pounds that, uh, that week. You don't lose weight. So we hire a catering company to come out. We basically start them on Saturday and he ends on Saturday, three meals a day. Uh, we're, we're big into food, man. I enjoy it. It's, it's hospitality for me. I enjoy it with my friends. Obviously it's still a private camp and, and, you know, it's, it's for myself and, and my guests. Uh, but you know, as part of this, like the journey is like having good people around me and, and, you know, obviously I'm, I'm busy. I got a lot going on all the time. Um, and people that don't know, like I work, uh, I try to work 16 hours every single day of the week. I, it's my passion. I love it. Um, so for me to get that, that's my time. Well, like Cameron saying, those are when I can hang out with my people and, and not have the work stuff going on, like it's the greatest times ever. So yeah, we, we do it right. And that it's the only event that we can do that at. There's no other event like hammers. I mean, we go to Dakar, but we're, that's a different ball game, different mentality, different mindset. And, uh, you know, it's just not the same. So same time frame but not not nothing yeah i don't in common again hammers is one of my favorite events of the year it's just nothing matches it like it's <laughs> the racing is awesome um the live stream you can watch it that was when we were pitting for you in the utv race we were at the pit two out in the out in the desert and uh we were sitting there watching the live stream on your phone and you know as you guys are coming through and racing and so just be able to you know, keep up with what's going on in the race um, and watching some amazing footage is, is pretty rad. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's a good time. I'm already excited to go back. I want, obviously, I want redemption. I want to, I really want to win at UTV and I want to finish in my King of the Hammers. At this point, a finish is a win for me. Uh, I've gotten second at the King of the Hammers twice in Ultra Four, uh, in the big 4400 class um, back in the heydays. And 
just had crap luck since I'd probably drive it too hard or whatever my bad right now not even driving hard things are just haven't haven't even gone 20 miles in three years so i don't i don't and nothing mechanical in the car outside is broke uh, in the last two all internal so it is what it is but uh yeah it's an it's an absolute blast ready to go back and uh man you know one thing that i want to do more of for 2021 which i want if you, anybody ever wants to come out to the hammers and, and join in obviously without watching it on the live stream which without watching it on tv is uh you know, going out and doing night rides, driving UTVs, driving Can-Ams, going out and doing, you know, just finding some epic trails that are not going to break anybody's stuff. But, you know, some challenges, but going out and doing 20, 30 miles um, in the Can-Ams and then even driving Jeeps, like going out at night if it's cold, getting in the Jeeps and finding some, you know, tough, tough obstacles, but nothing that's going to do any gnarly damage. Not, uh, you know, I always call it the hammer trails, but, you know, doing something that's a little bit uh, more moderate. And, uh, and having a blast doing it. I, I love that stuff, man. So if anybody ever wants to come out, hit us up. I mean, we're, we're going to try to do more of that stuff. I, I enjoy it. Like, I love showing people around. I like showing um, new people, like, new things. And if anybody wants to see our race cars, Can-Ams, the Trophy Jeep, the pre-runners, the Jeeps, like, we put everything on display for everybody to see. And we try to stay every, you know, all together, so that way, if anybody wants to find us, they can. So, we we really enjoy it. So, but yeah, I mean, dude, uh, yeah, twenty twenty one, man. T- so it's gonna be around the Redemption. corner. Redemption. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, at this point, let me just finish one, <laughs> and then we'll talk. I I do. I want. I want to race again. All of them. I want to race trophy jeep. I want to race trophy truck. I don't care. I just want to drive. I literally love. And that's another thing that I think. People don't uh, realize that trophy trucks um, and even ultra four cars don't get many opportunities to drive in the California desert like that. And with that being said, it's 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 a very fast-paced, epic terrain uh, that we never get to drive on, and it's fun out there. That the desert is truly amazing. If you guys haven't been to Johnson Valley, go out there, drive UTVs. You can. There's nothing but dirt trails. You can go find some rocks. Uh, if you got buggies, you can do all rocks. If you got sand rails or you know, a dual sport car, you can drive desert only. You can go to Slash X. You can go to there's three or four lake beds. The place is phenomenal. You you literally can do it all. And like, yeah, that's what I love about it most. I love that. Like for me, I love driving fast, and I also like love driving those technical areas that you have to think. Like Cameron said, like it's all about thinking. It's not so much strategy as more of choosing the right line to not hurt your car. Because, yes, you can drive fast in the desert, but if you hurt, damage it in the desert so you can't get through the rocks good, you're, you're never going to win. So, But, yeah, uh, for me, uh, dude, I'm, I'm ready. So, Kyle and Aaron, thank you guys for coming on. Uh, where to next? Episode 15. We will be back soon. 